forever. Dog. Hi, Adventure Kateers. It's me, Ben Blacker. And me, Ben Acker. The Thrilling Adventure Hour is returning with brand new episodes starting Monday, October 29th, available on all the podcast apps, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. What do you use for your podcast? Uh, whatever's on my phone. Please subscribe to our Patreon page right now so that we can pay for everything and give you great stuff in return. You won't be paying for this episode. This is free. Gratis. It's patreon.com slash thrilling adventure hour. So we hope you enjoy these new episodes. I'm confident you will. Then I'm confident that they will. You will. You guys will. This is Ben Acker. And Ben Blacker. See you. (laughs) Inhale. Not if I see you first. And now, coming to you from Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, America, it's the nation's favorite new-time podcast in the style of old-time radio, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast. <laughs> My name is Paul F. Tompkins. And I'm Mark Evan Jackson, and I, ref- I refuse to talk that <laughs> You'll see. You'll come around. It's very enjoyable. I may leave. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we are uh, two of the work shoes players, and we're here to answer your listener questions. Yes, this is something that Acker and Blacker um, have been compiling for some time, and I say compiling meaning not wanting to do themselves. Yeah. So yeah, they've yeah, just yeah. been collecting questions from over the years. And uh, have sent us here to respond to some of them. Yes, they have uh, shirked their responsibilities yet again. Uh, they are rude to the audience. Yes, those who make what we do possible. Yeah, this is canon. All right, so uh, we would like to do... This is a thing that uh, perhaps we'll do every once in a while. Maybe so. Perhaps other people will join us. Perhaps other people will be here in place of us. <laughs> who can say none of us can know the future? It's true. <laughs> Thanks for backing me up on that. Uh, we're going to we're going to read some questions and answer them to the best of our collective ability. Here we go. Ready for this? Yes. My question for you is: <laughs> Do you only ever perform an episode once? For example, Beyond Belief, White Hunter, Dar- Drunk Heart. It might be my favorite episode of all time, and I'm just curious if it was only ever performed once, or if you do it several times, but it only gets recorded once. I'd be interested to hear other versions if this, <laughs> there is such a thing. Apparently unhappy with the casting. <laughs> Thank you so much for continuing to do this amazing thing. Don't ever stop. <laughs> Lots of love from your fan, Ashley P. Hello, Ashley. Yes, he clearly... Uh, Ashley would clearly like to hear more stammering. <laughs> um, the answer is, uh, every once in a while, uh, we, we perform a, a, a story more than once, whether it be a Beyond Belief or or a a Sparks Nevada. Um, So uh, basically it's the one with the best combination of technical clarity, fidelity, um, audience reaction, performance. You know, it's it's all those things coming together. Um, And, you know, a lot of times we can get mileage out of an episode in uh, different places. We go to Sketchfest, perform one that... uh, has not been on the podcast yet, so we can choose from uh, either the... I say we. We, <laughs> we don't really vote on it no. as a team. It's I've up never to ben once ben. been asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I feel like I once was asked Is that which, right? I, which which I preferred early show or late show. Oh, but that's I, been asked, I suppose. Yeah, that part. I, I, honestly though, I think that's more because they can't remember. <laughs> right. Which which went better? Yeah, if we do two shows yeah. in a night. Hey, which which did you think was the better one, the early show or the late one? Because those guys, Ben and Ben, just tune out. They they hate this show. They um, I find that the second show is almost always the better, if for no other reason than we've uh, done a very elaborate dress rehearsal the first time through. <laughs> exactly, you got to do it once. Right, you get to fix uh, timing, jokes, whatever, um, and uh, and everybody's just more loose, just loosey goosey. It's true. Yeah, we've gone through it once. Any any pressure that would have been there is uh, is gone. Plus, there are from time to time drinks backstage. I feel like I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it sounds familiar. This uh, this very situation happened uh, recently. We did, I think it was the Saturday night shows at uh, the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, the Sparks Nevada script that we did there uh, got a, a brief polish. I think it got a little bit uh, truncated, and then we just performed it for the September show just uh, just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's rare, but this uh, we from time to time, as you say, we do perform the same script uh, more than once. Yeah, and then there's ones from uh, the Bar days. Oh. Gosh. That uh, resurfaced uh, uh, at Largo when we moved to Largo uh, in um, somewhat rewritten form, mm-hmm. uh, things that were polished and, and prettied up and all that. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's been a few scripts over the years. But uh, what happens to those recordings, I do not know. I think they are banished. <laughs> yes. Yeah, those are never to be heard from again. Or some of them, I think, might end up put on a gold record and then sent into space. That's happened. Yeah. yeah. I feel like V'ger. Yeah, V. <laughs> That's right, major. Mm-hmm. And in the future, when everyone wears pajamas, <laughs> they will discover this recording. <laughs> of course, there'll be a religion that pop, 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 popped up around it. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. They're very difficult. Uh, here's another one. This is from Rachel Berkey. What do you guys do with the fan art that people send in? It's a great question. Um, Thank I you. think there are. Uh, you're welcome, Rachel. Rachel. Uh, there are various kinds of fan art. Um, a lot of it gets, uh, as I think the fans realize, retweeted around. It gets passed around on the web. Um, for the record, the, by and large, the fan art is pretty phenomenal. There are a lot yeah. of very talented people that listen to uh, listen to this program. And it. Uh, I, th- I feel like in some cases they've even made posters of some of the fan art. I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen uh, some hard copies of it around. Um, I don't know if you, I think you've experienced this. I certainly have. That fans will sometimes make things and give them to the show or to me that are of me. Yes. That bear my image. Yes. And uh, it is uh, without doubt flattering and very cool. But I've come to realize that there's no appropriate wall in one's <laughs> home to hang images of yourself. Right. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, a plumber coming over to fix a drain or friends, there's no wall that it's acceptable that you can go, oh, yeah, no, those are those are 20 pictures of me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, but they are uh, they do find homes. They're given to other people. But uh, but, yeah, it is it is a curious thing. To be handed something that's like, here, I drew this picture of you. Right. And it is, there is that feeling of, I don't know what to do next because I, I, it's exactly as you say. But, uh, but that stuff is, it's, it's very much appreciated. It's wildly flattering. Indeed. Um, but I would say, uh, it, 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 if you're 
like the digital stuff is great because you can pass that around very easily and then we can share it with everyone who sees the things uh, we share on the facebooks and the twitters yes 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 yeah. yes and uh and that that is is preferred and especially because I think also just the accumulation of stuff uh, gets to be uh, problematic, especially when you might do, you might have a say a legal roommate um, <laughs> who who they share a living space with you, yes. and maybe they don't want a bunch of pictures of you uh, in various uh, uh, characters uh, all around the house. That is true. I would echo that uh, <laughs> that digital is the great a uh, great way to uh, to spread it um, because we do love seeing it. In fact, it has yeah, happened absolutely. very recently, not in a digital form in the form of a birthday card but uh just this past weekend in september of 2013 uh, a young man came backstage a young man named hardy who <laughs> listeners may have seen had made uh lego figurines of frank and sadie doyle and sparks nevada and uh even more so had made a, a birthday card for his uncle and had drawn a picture of croach which was i think i would guess hardy was eight maybe nine years old he said he was eight years old eight yeah. years old and this picture of Croach the Tracker was wildly imaginative. It was very cool. There were four arms, I remember. Yeah. yeah Antennae yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and Simply everywhere. Everywhere. And it's fun to, you know, Ben and Ben, I feel like, have, have uh, been very specific, but also vague enough in things that I think every listener probably has a different notion of what it looks like to be Sparks Nevada or Croach or Captain Laserbeam or Colonel TikTok or any of these people. And um, it's fun to see you. How people are hearing it. We were also that night giving uh, Mark Agliardi, who plays Croach, oh, yes. a very hard time oh, my about uh, Croach's size in relation to the other characters in the Sparks of the <laughs> Universe. And everyone who said something was making him smaller yes. and smaller to the point where I think the, the smallest he got was Jiminy Cricket size. Which I believe was Paget. Yeah, and he was getting he was getting very upset. He was upset, I think, initially because uh, Hardy, our eight year old fan, had not made a Croach the Tracker Lego oh, figure. Yes. Yeah. He kept walking around uh, immediately after after Hardy left backstage going like, oh, did you see the Croach one? Oh, you didn't? <laughs> Do you know why? Because he didn't make one. Because he didn't make one. <laughs> but yes, it was. I think it was finally Padgett that was like, I always thought Croach was almost human-sized. <laughs> almost almost human-sized. Human yeah. I posited that Sparks Nevada carried uh, Croach around in his pocket. In his pocket. For... <laughs> um, and, uh, and Hardy is a great example of uh, there's some fan art that he took back home with him. He did. <laughs> you yes. know, he made this stuff. He let us hold them. We made is, it digital. Yeah, we made we it took did, photographs. We made it digital. That's we right. We spread it about. <laughs> but we are, it, it is wildly flattering to have um, such talented people, both uh, amateurs and professionals Indeed. who, who uh, have uh, illustrated the, the world of Thrilling Adventure Hour. It's, it's very exciting. Indeed. Question number this one. What would it cost to be an honorary work juice player for a day? Seriously, how much would one have to pay or bid in an auction to win a single spoken word, single word, as an adventure kateer or Sparks Nevada townie or bandit, etc.? Yours truly, Michael Amaral? It looks like Amaral. All right. Um... There's obviously no answer to this question. Well, there. You know what's funny is he he missed an opportunity because there is an answer to uh, how uh, there is a price for a single uh, thought word. Um, uh, it's a word that uh, uh, there are words in the script that are uh, just thought; they are never spoken, um, and those are given out to various uh, various people. Um, and that's gonna that's gonna run into some money, Michael. I'm sorry to tell you, <laughs> that's gonna be pricey because these words are they're all curse words, <laughs> racial slurs. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I 
I don't. I that might be a future Kickstarter uh, premium. I feel like in this last Kickstarter, the only Kickstarter, uh, the one that uh, brought you the graphic novel and the concert film and the uh, backstage alleged web series, um, the. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there were some walk-on roles, maybe to sing the work juice anthem at the end. Yes, or something. that is true. Yeah. That is true. We've had we've had people, uh, perfect strangers, get up there on stage with us and sing. <laughs> Indeed, uh, but to to do a walk-on role, you know, as a, a person in the barkeep's bar or uh, you know a doorman in Frankie Frank and Sadie, I don't know that that exists. That, as you say, that may be a future Kickstarter premium. Absolutely, that maybe could... maybe a uh, um, a charity uh, kind of thing because it, the Christmas shows uh, are typically uh, benefits, and mm-hmm. and um, that might be a nice thing if if you want to give a little extra money, you get to say one word on stage. What would that word be? Maybe a pageant word. Maybe one of the uh, lists of a uh, Sadie Doyle <laughs> giraffe. Right. <laughs> That's your favorite, right? That is. You're on favorite. record. I, w- I am on record for that. Only uh, it's my second favorite. Um, Dinosaur is, <laughs> is right up that, there. That one's tough to beat. It is. That is tough to beat. It's right up there. Here's another question, if Great. you can believe it. <clears throat> Holy cow! Why are the bends usually referred to as acker and blacker simply because of the way our alphabet is arranged? <laughs> I think it should be blacker and acker sometimes. If Jazzy Rascal, that's Eben Schletter for those not in the know, is up to it, I'd love to hear another musical episode. Are the cast game for another? And then he's got a final question. Will Colonel TikTok ever appear on Mars? Oh, it's not a he, it's a she. It's Jen Yamada, whom I believe I met uh, at the last Largo show. I did. All good questions, Jen. All good questions. First of all, the Bens are always Acker and Blacker, not only because of the alphabet, Mm -hmm. which must be respected. Attention must be paid. But also because it's easier to say. It takes less time Blacker to say Blacker and Acker. Yeah, right? Blacker and Acker. That's very cumbersome. That By sounds the, like yeah. you were raised speaking a language other than English. By the time you get to Blacker, you've already warmed up by saying Acker and. It's true. You've, yeah, it's been a dry You've run. got a running start. But mm-hmm. Blacker and Acker, you're starting off with the blah. Oh, I hated doing it just now. I'm sorry. You had to go through that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Acker and Blacker, they're always – but we uh, the, the, we call them the Bens frequently. We do. Um, ben and Ben, the Bens, and Acker and Blacker. They're, you know, that makes me think that there's um, – I don't think this listening audience necessarily is aware that there used to be Acker and Blacker characters that would open our show. That is true. Back in the M-Bar days. Played by uh, Annie Savage and Hal Lublin, respectively? Yes, that's correct. Yes, respectively. <laughs> um, the uh, They played them and they hosted the show, and they were sort of a ham-fisted uh, comedy duo. It was deliberately sort of wooden comedy that uh, didn't go over well. Yes, they would just sort of recite what their comedy tropes, tropes were. were. Yeah. yeah. One was one was very fat, and one was, and one very, was very stingy. stingy yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was the comedy. Yeah, I'm very fat. Well, I'm very stingy. And they would just effectively say that out loud and then move on. That's right. Sometimes they would say to each other, "Well, you're very stingy," and then right. the other one would say, "Well, that's only because you're so fat." Indeed. Uh, <laughs> jazzy rascal. It, uh, I will admit, is a term I've never heard before. That is. Uh, is that this is, this is crossing worlds. Yes, Please. this is a reference from uh, uh, the pod F Tompcast. Not familiar. <laughs> Well, you sh- maybe you'd want to give it a give it a shot. Read some iTunes reviews. No thanks. Um, Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that is one time I I was referring I I in some oh, riff. Oh, oh. May I? Yes. Those are both uh, modes of transportation for the elderly or infirm. That's exactly correct. Uh-huh. That's exactly correct. And I was talking about them 
And I, I think in the, in the midst of this stream of consciousness monologue, I could not decide if I wanted to refer to Jazzy's or Rascal's. Nice. And then I, when I said Jazzy Rascal, I, that instantly became a nickname for Evan Schletter. And uh, and there's a little musical theme that goes along. Is that right? <laughs> it goes along. It's fantastic. The, jazz, the Jazzy Rascal has his own theme. I like combining the two uh, uh, because, as you know, I believe that more is more. <laughs> and you, you've shown faith in that belief time on, and time again. On stage and off. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I would love to uh, – I think the cast is game for another musical episode. Had that said, you were in – the previous musical episode, and I was not the uh, the Sparks Nevada uh, musical, which was a great deal of uh, work and rehearsal, and that was um, a great deal of work and rehearsal, primarily on the part, obviously, of Jonathan Dinerstein and Andy Paley yeah. and Evan Schletter and the various people that that wrote all the music for it. Um, but my goodness, what fun that was! I mean, that was a uh, a giant undertaking mm-hmm. and uh, completely worth it. I got to have. Uh, my friend J.K. Simmons mopped the stage with me, which was, uh, I think we all knew he was talented. I don't think we knew the level, uh, the degree to which he is a Broadway superstar. Well, you hear, you hear like, oh, he can sing. Right. But then when you hear him sing, he really has a beautiful voice. He's fantastic. (laughs) And he's powerful and, you know, could put a dent in the back wall of of any theater with his, it was funny. I've told this story in one, one previous podcast, but, uh, um, there, there gets to be about two-thirds of the way through this duet called I'm Gonna Kill You Someday, mm-hmm. a point at which um, it's sort of a nice fermata, a nice little, you know, opportunity for a... A nice what? Sorry. Fermata, like a, a break in the song, like a, a note held out long or Oh, whatever. I see. And they uh, they had written it there, and then Andy Paley, I think it was uh, when we were at Largo rehearsing it on the day, um, just a couple of hours before going, said, you know, we've written that for four counts. Do you think you could hold a date? And J.K. Simmons was like... Oh, I'm, I could give it a try for sure. And, uh, I mean, he held it for about 24 counts on the day and just, I mean, they, it brought the show down. I, mean, it, I understand it, he's still holding it. He's still there. Yeah. yeah. If you listen, if you hold a seashell up to your ear, you you'll hear, hear J.K. Simmons. You can hear J. Jonah that, Jameson. What was it, a clamato, a frittata? That's one. Okay. Yeah, clamato frittata. Uh, let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Will Colonel... Colonel? Well, can I tell you something? <clears throat> Bring it. When I was a child, oh dear, uh, I used to watch this television show called Hogan's Heroes. Of course, yes. It would be on after school every day. And the character... Which is Lebeau, where you watch shows about Nazis. That's, that's well, I, was, I, was, I felt like I was furthering my education. So uh, there was a character named Lebeau, who was a French uh, POW, and he would say, Colonel. Indeed. And so now whenever I see that word, Fantastic. this has been since childhood, Fantastic. I have to take a half a beat... And say colonel, so I do not say colonel. Colonel. Will colonel TikTok ever appear on Mars? Oh, before I get into that, Jen, let me say, uh, I would love to do uh, a musical episode. I was very jealous of that episode that I could not be a part of it. It was uh, tremendous. It was absolutely wonderful. Were you out of town or were you in trouble? No, I was just not in the, uh, the that, that edition of Sparks Nevada. There was That's no there was no character of mine. This was pre Jupiter. Yeah, I was going to say it's before we <laughs> introduced your shape shifting. Hi, all my buddies. Oh, I can't believe I didn't uh, begin the podcast. With that <laughs> that, that does we, seem an oversight on both our parts. Can we throw all this out and start again? Please? <laughs> um, I would love to see Colonel TikTok uh, appear on Mars. I think that would be a wonderful thing. I guess we've never done it. Um, because we haven't established that he's able to travel in space. 
It's true. He's able to travel in time for sure. In this area. Yes, but we don't know. If, yeah, we don't know if he can go into outer space. Now, we've done some crossover stuff before, haven't we? I feel Very like around, around the holidays, didn't Frank and Sadie Doyle meet Sparks Nevada? Or was that just sort of in the wraparounds for the show? That, but, I think that was in the wraparounds, okay, yeah. Okay, not in the episodes of each story world. Yeah, the closest, I think, was, was the, the our final show at M-Bar. We knew we were moving to Largo. Mm-hmm. And there was, uh, the, the I think, the longest crossover, if you want to call it that, that we'd ever done mm-hmm. with um, Sparks, Beyond Belief, and Colonel TikTok all kind of uh, meeting up at the same time. Okay. But, that, but even that was kind of brief, on the brief side. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. But it would be fun. It would be fun to do a full-on crossover. I don't know how it would work, but that's not my that's not my worry. I was about to say that uh, I'm not certain what Sparks Nevada how he would deal with Colonel TikTok because uh, you know TikTok's kind of an oddball. And then I realized in the context of the Jupiter Spy, there's really nothing that's. Hey there, it's Lindsay Katai and Kelly Nugent from Teen Creeps, the podcast about YA pulp fiction. We love trashy teen horror, and whether you'll admit it or not, you do too. So cinch up those side ponytails, push your pogs to one side, fire up your 56K dial-up modem, and subscribe to Teen Creeps only on the Forever Dog Network. New episodes every Wednesday. Weird. <laughs> like, there's nothing There's there's nothing that would, you know, he's faced it all, I think. Yeah, I think that, it, yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're not spending an episode talking about how weird that dude is, <laughs> then nothing is, everything's equally weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the Bens uh, ever decide to uh, man up and uh, stop being cowards and put Colonel TikTok on Mars. There's no way. Uh, question the next. I'd like to know what is your dream cover version of a thrilling adventure hour theme song? The B fifty two singing Captain Laserbeam. Jeff Bridges singing Sparks Nevada. No. The cast of Glee. Yeah, forget it. The cast of Glee performing Moonshine Holler. Am I close? Asks Jack Maxwell. Um, I don't know the answer. This is a, this is a fascinating and potentially limitless uh, category of question. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there there have been a couple covers recently. Uh, uh, both Ted Leo and um, Amy Mann did covers of of, uh, of Thrilling Adventure Hour songs, which I really enjoyed both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think points up how uh, great those songs are by Andy Paley. Those theme songs that that. Uh, they're not just like goofy toss-off songs. They're good songs. They're catchy, uh, ear-warming hits. I mean, yes. they, they get in. It, leaving these rehearsals, I I find myself humming them uh, despite myself in the car on the way home. And they they oh, really yeah. are. Andy Paley, by the way, just released an album. Do you know this story? The Paley Brothers album. The Paley Brothers album. Yeah. Yes. And those are hits. I mean, those yes. are song, songs that you listen to and are thinking like that could be a Beach Boys hit. That yeah. could be. I mean. Just ridiculously talented, and yeah. If you're not familiar with Andy Paley, he's he's worked with some of the most amazing people in pop music, and and really, uh, he is worth uh, worth researching and and just seeing. You'll be blown away by the the weird paths that have crossed Indeed, in his yeah. career. Yeah, <clears throat> the liner notes of this uh, of this uh, album I looked at in the little room at Largo following the show uh, just this past Saturday, and it's photos of uh, the Paley brothers with Phil Spector, with Andy Warhol, with um, is it Rodney Bingenheimer, the, yes, the right. Sunday night show guy from here in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, just a, a cavalcade of, you know, famous and remarkable people, the the Beach Boys. And I, th- I think he's written stuff for Madonna in the past. And mm-hmm. he's done a, a lot of amazing things. SpongeBob SquarePants. Still does that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some, you know, running the gamut. Yeah, it's varied. Varied career. 
Um, I think the B-52s could kill laser beam. That's a great idea. I would love to hear that. Yeah. I, I would, would li- absolutely love to hear that. Um, Jeff Bridges singing Sparks Nevada uh, could be fascinating as well, I think. Um, I would it's an interesting of, choice. It is. It is. I would. Uh, I don't know who it would be, but I would love to hear the Sparks Nevada theme uh, written by Eben Schletter to be performed by, um, I don't know, maybe some country western legend. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know who it would be. Who's still kicking? I don't know. So maybe some of the Bakersfield people. Uh, right. You know, like some of the, uh, the old Hee Haw gang could be. Uh, Who's left of them, even? I know. It's true. It's uh, time is a cruel. The old hee haw gang. The old hee haw gang. Junior Samples is he still with us? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, now the cast of Glee performing Moonshine Holler. How does that? Oh, gather round all you who was it? That could be fun they, in, in forty-part harmony. That's right. They may they may have already done that without uh, alerting the writer of that song. It's true. That seems to be there. Is that what their mo? I don't, you know what, Mark? I don't want to get into it. You're so political. I don't want to get into it. You're well, so political. I just, I'm looking out for the little guy. Mm-hmm. Here we go with another question. Oh, my goodness, with the questions, though. Oh, this one seems interesting. Does I love the chemistry between Paul and Paget, <laughs> And I know they knew each other before Thrilling Adventure. My question is, how long have they known each other? And how did they meet? <laughs> Tone yours. Signed, Radioactive 460. Hmm. Well, this is very probing. Uh, (laughs) Padre and I have known each other uh, since the 1990s, I want to say. I think that's when we first met, was um, late 90s, uh, maybe 99 even, um, at a party at a mutual friend's house. it was the first time I ever met her. We really became friends, like, in each other's lives, mm-hmm. I would say, in the um, about, you know, a handful of years after that. Um, and we've been friends uh, ever since. And it's, it's, uh, our meeting was uneventful, uh, but, uh, but it, it served its purpose. <laughs> and now here we are all these years later. It served its purpose of having you know each other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. that's right. As all meetings do. <laughs> um, speak to the chemistry, though, because there is uh, you uh, both really do seem to enjoy playing with one another. I uh, mean, and I'm uh, if I'm not in the back of the house watching it, I'm in the wings behind the piano watching, and um, it's uh, it's a palpable fun chemistry. It it really is like nothing else in my professional life i mean i've there every once in a while over the, over the course of a career there are certain people that you click with and you can have a number of those people over the years mm-hmm. but then every once in a while there's somebody where it's just like but it's also you know the, the chemistry that we have off stage is very uh playful and i tease her a lot and and she's a real character and i'm sure she would say the same thing about me hmm. um but we we really do uh we really do have a good time together but there's something about doing those characters and having done them for so long that it's it it's just something else entirely where uh when we're doing that we were talking about this recently because we did those um those staged readings mm-hmm. of the of the just pilot script yeah. yeah and um something about doing those characters where it just it it is absolutely its own thing, and I don't feel like uh, I'm me anymore. I feel like I'm this guy, and yeah. she's this woman, and you know, it's um, it's it's I think my favorite thing. It's I think my favorite thing in the world. That's one of them, and yeah. it shows. I was honored to be a part of those staged readings at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, this uh, very recently for a uh, the effectively a, 
a live table read of the pilot script for a Beyond Belief half-hour situation comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the chemistry is really fun. And more than anything, I, was, I enjoyed it because I got to experience some of what you talked about in one of the panels at Comic-Con, which was Paget's uh, greeting of most things with, like, this is not possible. <laughs> So there were just some moments in the rehearsal process, the very brief rehearsal process for that thing, yeah. where she was like, oh, this line, right? How can we fix this? And uh, deadly serious. Yes, absolutely. Oh, she means it. Absolutely. Yeah, she means, how are we going to do this? And even before we began, I was reading the stage directions, which, uh, for those not in the know, the uh, stage directions can put a bullet in a, in a table read of a, a feature script absolutely. or a, a, any script. Um, I was at one not long ago. Where uh, the guy reading the um, reading the stage directions, which are generally meant just to set up the scenes and, and really move at a decent clip, but he was sort of previewing them uh, silently into himself. Like he would look at the script and no. go, he would go, duh, 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 duh. yeah, okay, we're uh, we're outside. It's raining. Uh, it's nighttime. It's exterior. We uh, these two characters, are, uh, yes, okay, they've known each other a long time, and, and it just uh, uh, two pages in the director took the script away and was like, I'm doing this myself. <laughs> Uh, which was pretty fantastic. That's, that's so it's so crazy that he would both be taking up the time yeah. to figure out how to paraphrase it right. in order to save the time of paraphrasing it. It was uh, it was nutty, but I was doing it, and uh, just and you did a wonderful job. I, I'm aware, and um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what am, uh, thank you. That's what I'm. Thank you. Uh, but before we even began, Paget was like, "Okay, we need to know exactly what Mark, Mark is going to say, because <laughs> because if we're waiting for a second for him to finish, and we and he's finished early, and and we were like, well, that's what we're here right now to do." And yeah. she's like, "Okay, but we have to do it. We have to do it." Like, she was, and she was deadly serious, and I love her for her uh, for she's, intensity. She's, she's cautious. She's a cautious person. Cautious to a fault. Good heavens, yes. Um, I guess that answers that chemistry. I mean, it's palpable. And uh, one of my favorite things is when you guys clink on stage, Mm -hmm. uh, which obviously is, I think, at the beginning of most, if not all, episodes, and then uh, fairly frequently peppered throughout. And um, it's... uh, it's delightful when it works, and it's hilarious when it doesn't. If for whatever reason the sound effects don't match or aren't present, uh, which has happened only a handful of times, yes, it's kind of delightful to watch the legitimate disappointment on both of your parts when you uh, hold two martini glasses mimed towards one another and nothing happens. Yeah. The if, daggers from your eyes that then launch towards the booth and wherever we're performing. We somehow we both got were on the same page the first time it happened, and then ever after that, it was a grave insult it's to really not bad. play that sound effect. Yeah. For, and for the for the listener, if you've never seen the show live, you know, anytime you hear that little ding, that is uh, Frank and Sadie uh, uh, toasting. They're they're clinking glasses, and Padge and I will always mime uh, a little toast every. Every single time, mm-hmm. every single time, we never don't do it. Right. And so when that sound is not there, and we've we have gone through the trouble, right, <laughs> of miming a toast, we look like fools in front of the audience. I love you. Believe that. <laughs> I love that you believe that. Yeah. Uh, this is a related question. I feel uh, in the fashion of Nick and Nora Charles, will will there ever be a baby Doyle? Assuming that their reproductive organs are no, not too pickled to spawn. Sincerely, Nora C P Kimball. Um, 
This is a Ben and Ben question, but I think we should answer it. Uh, yeah, I, I can say I feel like I can say confidently, <laughs> no, there never will be. I cannot imagine two people uh, in fiction or in real life who would be less interested or suitable mm-hmm. to uh, parenthood. I feel like we've run into the um, at least the notion of this uh, in episodes where you've run into children, like uh, some <laughs> some of the gingerbread bend uh, children. Mm-hmm. Children are very confounding and upsetting to yeah. Frank and Sadie Doyle. Like, there just isn't time. Well, they can't drink. It's right. Yeah. Uh, and what are, what are you supposed to talk about? <laughs> How are you supposed to talk at all? Right. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine that happening. Um, yeah. But, but you, you raise a good point about their, uh, their guts maybe being uh, damaged by oh. alcohol. Well, if we wanted to get very maudlin about the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, they have a problem. I don't know if we can. Uh, that's that's a story for another time. Oh dear! Thank you, Nora C. P. Kimball. I think it's the Nora C. P. Kimball that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Donna and Dave Henderson are my favorite recurring secondary characters. How'd those two meet, anyyway? Yours, Shannon. It's um, a very good question. It is good. Donna and Dave Henderson actually appeared in this recent uh, pilot script for uh, Beyond Belief, the uh, Frank and Sadie Doyle television pilot. In which their meeting was detailed. It uh, was Dave a- and Donna Henderson. Their, the story of their meeting was uh, was told. I was there. I know that the, is, that she's a zoologist. Uh, yes. I remember this speech of yours. Yes. Um, but I don't know. Other, other speeches of mine have escaped your memory. Oh, most of them. <laughs> yes. Very, er, ones from earlier this session. Not enough us. Correct. Um, yeah. They, they, in, the, in the pilot script, which is not a, a stage canon. Right. Um, Dave and Donna. Uh, Dave is a policeman and Donna was a zoologist. They met in a case involving an ostrich. Oh, that's right. Um, and Dave was bitten by the ostrich and then set up Dave's propensity to be bitten by things, <laughs> which fans of the of the show, and, and if you know Donna and Dave Henderson, is a bit of foreshadowing. Indeed. Yeah, because they, they're mortal in the, um, in the pilot script, but uh, certainly not so on stage. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know how the, uh, the stage slash podcast version of Dave and Donna met. I don't know if that's ever been discussed. I don't know either. And how is it that uh, Donna and Dave are in Frank and Sadie's lives? Do we know that? No. I, wonder- I don't think so. If if that has been established, I think it was so long ago that we, we don't remember. But, you know, they're, they're, they are two of, uh, two of Frank and Sadie's. I, I think probably their closest friends, their closest mm-hmm. supernatural friends. In, the, uh, in this pilot script, we, we changed the description of... Donna Henderson to being that she is an excitable, lovable goof, mm-hmm. and uh, she's she's exactly that. I mean, that's a, she's a very <laughs> fun character that just wants to get involved in the world of Frank and Sadie because it seems neat. Yeah. It seems fun. We should go. Let's go. <laughs> well, indeed. Eventually, she will meet the dark fate that uh, awaits her. Which I feel like most of our listeners probably know about, right? Yeah. I don't think we've spoilt anything. No, and also, most of our listeners will meet a dark fate as well. Well. Uh, these are all one-way journeys, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. No one here gets out alive. <laughs> would you ever consider releasing complete shows? I assume you record everything. It would be neat to hear all the commercials and in-between banter you don't get to hear on the podcast. Also, any plans to tour outside of L.A.? Uh, by way of tour, we've obviously done a little bit. That, oh, that's from Jackie Ronan. Oh, my, my apologies. That's yes. quite all right. Um, we have taken the show to San Diego, to Comic-Con, and to San Francisco, to the Sketchfest, and have uh, are about to make our third journey to New York, to the Bell wow, House in Brooklyn. third. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We would love to, and I feel like we're going to get this question uh, several times, so maybe I'll leave the bulk of the answer. But we would love to be doing this show all the time. Uh, speaking for myself, this is the most fun I have all month or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's... Um, Same. We look forward to it like nothing else. And, and uh, I mean, basically what it comes down to, logistically, it's a very difficult thing to take on the road. And there's a lot of uh, stuff that kind of has to be in place already in order for us to go there. And we do it uh, pretty much on a shoe string and people are are uh sharing rooms and camping out on friends floors and stuff like that so um unfortunately there's the 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 few the the places if we go to a place where we know no one it makes it that much more difficult it's true. Um, so um yeah it, it really does come down to a matter of logistics it, it's got to be something that we would need to know would be um uh, financially feasible, uh, where n- nobody's going to take a loss on it. Right. Um, uh, you know, if, if the best you can hope for is to break even, that's a huge undertaking for that. But who that's knows true. what the future holds? No one, uh, I've been recently instructed, can know. Oh, yeah. What the future We did establish that, right? We did. That's canon now. Um, in terms of releasing complete shows, uh, I don't know that that... I think that that might just be unwieldy by way of uh, podcast standards, although yeah. the Kevin Pollack chat show would uh, would belie that. Um, but Oh, there's much longer shows that, that are reduced in podcast form, sure. for real. There's like two hour plus episodes of podcasts, you know, so this, this would be nothing. But I think... Uh, Christmas time, they typically release the entire Christmas oh, show. Oh, you're right. So we yeah. have done that. Yeah. And I guess I would just encourage you not to worry about it too much, because with the exception of um, of the ads, there's not much that you're missing by way of flow. Um, you mentioned in-between banter. They are missing the episodes with flow. That's true. She comes out, instructs everyone to kiss her grits. Multiple times. Now, those episodes are too long. That, I mean, they are. just the applause breaks. Yes. Uh, lengthy. We're getting into Showa territory. With there's, there's not enough not enough internet for those, <laughs> those durations. <laughs> uh, you mentioned in between banter, and there isn't any. The show really is, uh, we never, once the show begins, once uh, Hal begins the show, we go through to the end. It's not like we ever go to commercial break and and let the fourth wall down and talk to the audience in yeah a way. no one's ever not in character once it starts it keeps going until it's over and and yeah that's it right um yeah so you're so yeah it's the ads and and i think that every once in a while those guys the bens will release some of the ads uh, i think there's been a couple king of coffees out there and and um but i thought you know it would be nice to 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 release more of those so maybe they will the thing that's fun about it i guess that you that i would argue that you're missing out on is the that fun moment where, uh, for instance, a King of Coffee will have um, will ha- have been announced with a fanfare from the uh, the brass section, and Paul will come out, and then that'll end. And then when we get into the next thing, uh, whether it's the Sparks Nevada theme or whatever, it is really exciting to hear the audience go, "Oh, Beyond Belief is next," or whatever. Like that's a right. fun bit of flow to the evening. That that is, uh, I mean, I guess the answer is come to the live show because that's really. When you get the uh, the full package, yes, and uh, the concert film, which we are going to be recording uh, very soon, you will you will get to. I think that uh, that will be as close as you can get to experiencing the live show without actually being there. That's true. Um, we've uh, I think reached the end of this episode of uh, questions with no answers with Paul F. Tompkins and Mark Evan Jackson. Um, <laughs> guesses at answers. Um, so, but we should do this. So we've got more questions to answer. Absolutely. So let's take a little break, I guess, and maybe in a subsequent week we'll come back and do more of these. We'll we'll see. I mean, look, you guys, people might hate this. 
I've, I've had a terrible time. They might sign a petition saying never again with these questions. Bye, all my buddies. <laughs> Work juice.